So I'm watching 60 Minutes last night, and it dawned on me that giving Obama 60 minutes to talk about himself is certainly the shortest amount of time he's ever pontificated on the subject. Welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's President. okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We are born free and we will stay free. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another exciting episode of Ruthless. I'm here with Josh Holmes. How are you doing, Josh? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What a week. It's been crazy. We got a lot of stuff going on, though. And I know, <laughs> I know you've improved your life pretty significantly with some gaming. That's right. Uh, so uh, a few months ago, there was a bit of a, uh, a hubbub in the press because this new Call of Duty game was coming out where it's essentially Ronald Reagan telling you to go shoot a bunch of communists. And they weren't <laughs> happy about that because essentially all journalists are communists now. And let me tell you, Call of Duty, Do War Crimes for Reagan is outstanding. Outstanding. I, mean, <laughs> I thought, I'm not kidding. I saw your first tweet on this where you said that in the first 20 minutes, you like killed a terrorist and, and did eight things and then met uh, Jim Baker. I thought yeah, it was a joke. So I had to download the thing immediately. Sure enough, you met Jim Baker. It's the truth, man. It's like there, there's never been an experience so wonderful as you throw a terrorist off a building after he surrendered, blow up an airplane, go to a meeting, and it's James <laughs> Baker. <laughs> I was like, here we go, man. It's like all my heroes at once, everything I've always wanted to do. You've also um, clarified that, that you made a, a similar – so it gives you an option of what to do with the terrorist after you yeah, I mean, like who would, who would not throw the terrorist off the building? Let's be serious. You definitely threw him over, the, over, over top. The, the options that the game gives you are – keep the terrorist, use him as a intel asset, or throw him off a building. And you, you threw him off a building. It was, I mean, what would Ronald Reagan do? <laughs> Very clear. You know, strength, strength through power. Off, off you go, friend. Is the entire thing, so the entire thing is basically a conservative Cold War? Yeah, uh, dude, it is so right-wing. It is amazing. It's, I mean, well, essentially anything that says America is good and terrorists are bad is like, considered right wing now because i mean the media is just like no 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 actually communism is good so of course they hate this but if you have you know children if you have any one of these video game machines you owe it to them to go do war crimes for reagan <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible absolutely incredible like so many people on twitter have just been like you know what i, I don't really play video games or i haven't played a video game in 10 years I mean, shit, I'm, I'm terrible at video games, but I don't care. It's fun as hell doing war crimes for Reagan. This is the best thing to come along in a while. So are you hunting around Russia? Like, what are you finding? <laughs> All over. I mean, there's one mission where you actually go to, like, the KGB headquarters, right? You're, like, running around, like, doing your spy thing, looking for evidence. You know what I didn't find? No P-tape. No P-tape? No P-tape. Unbelievable. More Carl, fake news. Was, it was evidence. We were told. That was more fake news. That's what, like, don't trust the media. Just go do war crimes for Reagan and everything will be okay. I Call promise you this. Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty, do war crimes for Reagan. Five out of five. <laughs> Ten stars. 
Awesome. So the other thing we got going on this week, I know you, you know, you might be doing some travel. You've got a lot of stuff going on smug and a part of that travel, it forces you to go do COVID tests. Yeah, that's right. So, and like, but what, let me, let me set this up for a minute. So like a normal human being talks to their doctor and, and gets a recommendation on where to go and goes get, not you. Not me. So like, I have to have, before I board this flight overseas, I have to get a COVID test done within 72 hours. Now, most of that falls over a weekend. It's pretty difficult to get a COVID test done over the weekend. So how do you get a COVID test done when you need it in like 24 hours? So I had Foldy come over and investigate this situation. Now, here's how you get it done. <laughs> you pay 500 bucks to this pharmacy in McLean, Virginia, right? Then you get in a car, you drive over to McLean, Virginia, and it's pronounced McLean. Normal America calls it McLean, Virginia, but these coastal elites call it McLean. So I went to McLean, Virginia. I drove there, you know, eight it's in the very morning. Very affluent suburb, I might add. It's, yeah. not, like, it's not like you're you're going to the slums here. Oh yeah, it was absolutely not the slums. I mean, let me tell you, <laughs> it was like five star all the way. I, I drive up there. It's just like bank building, bank building, bank building, spa, <laughs> bank building, bank building, bank building, spa. Um, I pull up pharmacy and somebody parks your car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolute, absolute valet service. No. Um, I drive up and there's a lady in the front of the building with the hazmat suit on and people lining up socially distanced, you know, it's an affluent neighborhood. Everyone is socially distanced, wearing a mask, you know, very fine and proper. And, uh, she hands me my test kit after they run my Amex for 500 bucks. And, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. 500 bucks? 500 bucks. It's 500 bucks to get this done, folks. 500 bucks, cash money. Uh, Wait, so is that what you said at the farm? Is this like a doctor's office? No, it's, it's a pharmacy. It's right in front of, it's McLean Pharmacy. Like a, like a CVS. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It's like a CVS. It's a non-chain pharmacy with a lady in a hazmat suit up front selling $500 test kits. Now, this, it gets crazier, folks. So this is one of those rapid tests it's not blood. It's, it's one of the swab ones. So and the thing is for safety, they're like, everyone you have to do, you can't like walk up or you can't walk into the place and they will test, you no. everyone gets the test kit and then they go to their car and then they get this swab and they stick it. You put it up your nose to like, it says, you know, keep pushing until you feel resistance. That resistance is my whoa, skull, buddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You do it. You do. Everyone has to take it back to their own car. So, like, you look in the parking lot, and there's people just like sticking swabs up their nose, <laughs> you just, up their skull. You've blown past this. Oh, oh, let me stop you. You are in your own car. Yes. Sticking stuff in your nose. Totally. I mean, it's just like you know, it's like Hunter Biden, except you're 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 doing this for medical purposes, not for recreation. And fewer feet involved, I imagine. <laughs> Absolutely. Much less. Um, so they hand me my test kit. I go sit in my car. I'm looking to my right and left. There's people sticking these swabs up their nose until it touches your skull. And then you're supposed to like rotate it for 15 seconds. My eyes are watering. I'm counting one, two, three to 15. Then you have to stick it in the other nostril until you can like feel your skull. Spinning it for 15 seconds. You put the swab in the little reagent bottle. Close that up. Put it into the little biohazard bag. Then you walk back up to the lady in the hazmat suit. And you hand it to her and, you know, God willing, in 24 hours, they say, I do not have the China plague. So no, basically no medical professionals have, have administered this death. This is smug. It's me. Everyone does it to themselves. <laughs> well, congratulations, I, uh, foreign travelers. You're going to be riding with smug who's expertly administered 
the COVID test. Yeah, I have not only taken a COVID test, I have administered one. So there you go. That's going to be a story. That's You're for the lounge. A doctor. It's totally. That's, I mean, I'm going to pass as one of the lounge. This is going to be one of the interesting banter stories. Um, <laughs> Did you get the test results back yet? In 24 hours, you know, fingers crossed. Oh. It's like all good tests. You're just like on pins and needles hoping that comes back negative. Um, <laughs> well, good, good luck to you, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how I spent my night last night. How'd you, how'd you spend your night? Well, I watched football all day, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, great. As you, I watched the Masters, and then I watched football, and then I left it on CBS, and I just made a terrible mistake because Huge. 60 Minutes comes on, and I see Obama, and I'm like, oh, God. I mean, what are we oh, – it just – you know, we said this last week, but every time I see the guy, I'm reminded how much he infuriates me. <laughs> totally. You know, but, but this one, Smug, this one is different level stuff. This yeah. is different level. So he, he, apparently Obama is on a book tour, as we noted last week. He's, he's putting out a book. But this is just like the most perfect set of his vice president, his first shot in the sun that the guy's had in 47,000 years of public service. He gets elected. All of a sudden, Obama crashes his party. He decides to do a full media tour on top of it, talking about basically how he's responsible for everything good and like Biden's just sort of an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, that tells you something that like he times his, what is this, his 43rd memoir he's written to, <laughs> to, to, to come out like as soon as the election happens. He's like, there can be no attention other than attention for Obama. Only That's right. Obama. And, and he, he absolves himself of any responsibility of the political climate that we're in whatsoever, right? Everything that he's done, it, it, it's as if he thought that the entire American people have forgotten eight years of his presidency four years after it ended. Like he just completely renews this vision that just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, that's it. And there's two, but there's two things like I was watching this and it's painful, but there are two quotes I want to read to you. The first one. I mean, this is the one that really got me out of my seat. He says, it's, he's talking about how uh, Trump is not conceded yet. And he says, it's one more step in delegitimizing not only the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally. It's a dangerous path. We would never accept our own kids behaving that way if they lost. Oh. The nerve. This is a guy whose own administration spied on the Trump transition team, yeah, right? Yeah. They entertained the Clinton disinformation campaign, yep. launched an investigation on the national security advisor because he was speaking with foreign adversaries as one does when you're transitioning. And this guy's got the audacity, the audacity to say that what Trump is doing is delegitimizing, delegitimizing? It's yeah. been four years delegitimizing. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 and Clinton disinformation campaign is the best way to describe it. That Russia hoax was the, the total fraud perpetrated on the American people with zero basis in fact. It was Hillary Clinton was unwilling to accept that the vast majority of the country despises her, that she will not live her lifelong ambition of becoming president, that you know what? Folks don't like you, Hillary and you're not going to be president, and you have to deal with it. No. Her folks go into overtime and push this fake Russia conspiracy theory that the media eats up and runs with, right? And, and now you have Obama saying, oh, no, this delegitimizes uh, the incoming administration. His, his whole game plan, like you said, was to delegitimize 
the Trump administration before they'd come in and to delegitimize the election in 2016. It's unbelievable the guy would say this. And they spent four years doing it, right? It led to an impeachment of yeah. President Trump. It all over complete bullshit, I might add. Total. I mean, it's, it's the, the dossier that they based their entire investigation on, we now know, assembled by the Clinton administration, or I'm sorry, Clinton campaign, and, and, and used by the FBI at that point. I mean, it's just completely, I, I can't even begin to tell you how my blood pressure went up on that, but then he continued, right? He says, well, look, I think our adversaries have seen us weakened, not just a consequence of this election, but over the last several years. We have these cleavages in the body politic and they're convinced they can exploit. There's an old adage in partisan politics that should stop at the water's edge, right? Huh? Yeah. I like I I again, are we asleep? Have we been asleep for the last 100 years? I, mean, he, I remember because I was on the at the studio in Fox News when he was doing this and I had to react to it live when he said the Republican nominee, quote, the Republican nominee is unfit to serve as president. Okay, well, that's an interesting observation for a sitting American president to make, one that's probably completely irresponsible, one made entirely worse when you're sitting next to the prime minister of Singapore. Thank you. In a foreign press conference, the water's edge. What a jerk. Unbelievable. I mean, the hypocrisy, the thing is that they know they can get away with it because they have this complicit media. They're the people who have been asleep. Like, they were completely asleep during the eight years we had Obama when the guy was like wiretapping journalists, there, there were like how many, there were like dozens of AP journalists that he had wiretapped. And now they're like, oh God, let's please listen to Obama. Talk to us about the importance of democracy and freedom. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly everybody forgot about that. He had the entire Associated Press basically spied on by the CIA. Unbelievable. And, and everybody's like, oh, he was so great with the press. Oh, yeah. Never yeah, mind I mean, fact. Trump Never. has mean tweets towards journos. Obama bugged them. I mean, <laughs> let's, 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 have a, let's have priorities here, folks. My favorite, and everything was so shallow. You know, his entire presidency was like a, like a, a thousand hours of the West Wing digested by a bot. <laughs> it's like if you had an AI watch a thousand hours of the West Wing and then for foreign, pil- foreign policy, it watches uh, Apocalypse Now. Like, <laughs> th- then you get the Obama presidency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You remember, you remember his, his guide for ending racism in America was inviting a cop and a professor over for a red stripe? I can't, the, the beer summit. People oh. forget about the beer summit. It's, uh, uh, I can't believe this happened. It's that ridiculous. I can't believe that happened. Like even Aaron Sorkin would write this and be like, wait a minute, this is, this is bullshit. No one's going to buy this. This is no absolutely ridiculous. Buy, but he, he actually executed it. And the best part is, is like the journos... Are, are all over it, right? They, I mean, they, they think this is great. And I, the thing is, you know, when you mentioned Obama talking about foreign policy, it's, it's unbelievable that a man who let Russia take Ukraine while he was in office, right. he let Iran traffic cocaine in America while negotiating the Iran nuclear deal. John Kerry is best pals with Iran, despite them arboring, you know, Al-Qaeda's number two who Israel killed in Tehran back in August. Like, yeah, that's a and bit sending of pallets of cash yeah. over to them. That's, that's the Obama foreign policy. You're right. Like red that's- lines. Oh yeah, I remember the red lines. Oh. Everyone thought he was a joke. Everyone on the world stage knew this guy's not serious. He's not going to do anything. 
And now he's telling us about foreign policy. Well, like it or not, Joe Biden, all of a sudden, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It it speaks to how little they respect him that they're like, you know what? Who cares about this guy? Let's just sell some books. All the attention should be from me. No one takes Biden seriously. Like everyone knows. They're all scrambling. You know, the best, the best part, and we'll, we'll get on to the next topic, but the best part for me is that Biden, you know, presumably presidential elect at this point, but yet the Democratic Party is scrambling for its new face, right? Yeah. It's like, my God, that's a jarring, jarring reality. Yeah. Well, speaking of jarring, uh, there were some jarring Biden riots in D.C. over the weekend. So you had uh, this, not mostly, you had this peaceful protest in the form of the Million MAGA March where you had Trump supporters descend upon D.C., you know, waving American flags, waving Trump flags, marching along, families and such. And then what happens? Dems go bonkers. You have Biden supporters, Antifa and otherwise, just attacking people. They were throwing fireworks at people. You know, these families have been out on, on the National Mall sweating all day. They just want a burger at PJ Clark's. <laughs> and I've got Antifa throwing fireworks at them while they're trying to have dinner. And okay. it's unbelievable. You had Dems last week who were like, why are, the, why are the businesses still boarded up? It's like, well, what, do you want soft targets? Is that what you guys are after? Did you know there'd be like this Biden night of rage where all his supporters go out and attack anyone who supported President Trump? Like, and the way that the media portrayed this is absolutely disgusting. Like, yeah. they, first off, they're like, this is right-wing violence. It's like, oh, I'm sure the guy wearing black head-to-toe and like a Karl Marx was right t-shirt is very right-wing. Absolutely. <laughs> the guy, as he like punches some grandma in the face, that has to be right-wing violence. Um, and then you have, it was, was so crazy to me watching it is that you had legitimately 10, like thousands and thousands of Trump supporters and you know, all that comes with it. And they're very, very aggressive and in your face as, as every partisan is in both sides. But like these guys basically peaceably assembled, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, told their message. They, they closed down all the streets. They, you know, they did what they did. And then all of a sudden you ha- you're running into problems. You're like, oh man, that sucks. I can't believe this guy's got a no, 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 not them, not them, not them. It was Antifa that showed up that yeah. decided while while the MAGA people were rioting, <laughs> not rioting. Sorry, they're actually just peaceably assembling. They're actually going to start firebombing with fireworks these restaurants in D.C. I, I literally, it, guys, this is so obvious what's happening. Yeah. And the the thing is, is that like people knew that the reason they were boarded up these businesses in the first place is because it was the Dem sending a warning. If things don't go our way, there will be violence. They've had that message since like the whole summer of the Biden riots, where you have to do what the left wants. You have to go with their talking points or else. Like every every message that the left has these days now comes unspoken at the end with or else. And, and their folks are just, they're violent people. There were, you saw families, families in DC yeah. getting attacked. They were getting robbed. They were getting beaten. And it's unbelievable the way, you know, I saw a tweet from Brian Stelter of oh, CNN. I'm sure our audience is very familiar with him, where he said, wow, these videos from DC are out of context violence. Out of context? You what think the there's heck? some context that, like, okay, you know, this family trying to have some burgers deserved it? Is that the context? This guy is a journalist and, and Twitter doesn't put any kind of like a disinformation stamp on that, that like, oh, you know, here's some facts on attacking families. 
<laughs> no, that's totally cool. He can be like, there's, there's an acceptable context for why Junior eating his cheeseburger deserved to have a firecracker thrown at his face. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, this bag of dough decides it's okay for Antifa to roll on into the family dinner at PJ Clark's and start swiping hamburgers and replacing it with a firecracker. I mean, I, 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 I don't know what's going on. Didn't, didn't Stelter win your journo uh, contest? Like the, the, yeah, the, the, the hack bracket. He absolutely did. I mean, that guy deserved, richly deserved. I can't believe that he wants to contextualize what was happening there. It's pretty obvious. It's on video. Yeah. He's, he's looking for some reliable sources to tell him when it's okay to attack an innocent family. So, <laughs> we can get some context on that violence. Incredible. Well, look, there's one topic that continues here on the election cycle. It, you know, it basically means election day wasn't election day. And we have to continue to January 5th. And part of that is Georgia, the two Senate runoffs, which are very important. But Smug, I know, I know that you have some observations about why we're in this mess in the first place. And a lot of it has to do with your favorite topic, the libertarians. That's right. The libertarians. So I was looking at, I was crunching some numbers as I do from time to time. I was looking at some election data this past weekend. And folks, I, I invite you to take a close look at the presidential election results um, for the states of Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Now, the current vote difference that exists between President Trump and Joe Biden is more than made up by the libertarian candidate, which is very interesting. So you have Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate, getting more than enough of the difference that would give President Trump Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, which would make the Electoral College 269-269. Unbelievable. And the newly expanded House GOP caucus delivers us the White House when it's sent to the House in that situation. So another gift from our libertarian friends right there. Well, and I know because I've been looking at Georgia Senate races for a while that David Perdue is well within the margin. If, if a libertarian doesn't take anything off of his hide, he's well above 50. And ultimately, there's a Senate race that's in the bank. Republicans would have 51 in the new majority. That's the thing. So like David Perdue ended up at 49.7. And then this unknown rando libertarian, Shane Hazel, gets 2.3%. Mm. So Perdue gets over 50%, and there's no runoff. And now we're going to have this expensive race fighting tooth and nail against the Dems who want that seat so that they can give, you know, that if Kamala Harris comes in as vice president and she's the 51st vote and she can have the Green New Deal and she can pack the courts, that was another gift from the Libertarian Party that we're in this predicament. That 2.3% would be more than enough to get David Perdue over 50. And the percentage differences in Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin would have gotten Trump those states in 269-269. You know, there's even house races. There's Iowa's third district where the Dem won with 49% because some libertarian rando is at 3.4%. You've got Utah's fourth district currently tied 47-47 with a libertarian rando sitting at 3.5%. Like, So this isn't, here's the other thing. This isn't just random. This didn't just happen, right? This isn't Jill Stein in 2016 where she just gets a bunch of protest votes by because people couldn't stomach Hillary Clinton. This is something that Democrats actually put into place and tried to promote in many, many states. Yep. 
look at places like uh, Kentucky where they lost by 22 points and nobody's talking about it, but they spent $2 million down the stretch trying to promote a libertarian mm-hmm. candidate who didn't file so much as an FEC report. He, this guy was like barely running, didn't file an FEC report, and they spent $2 million in the final two weeks trying to take Republican votes. They, Democrats were running ads in Kentucky against Mitch McConnell. They were texting uh, hardcore conservatives saying he's not pro-life, and they were doing this on behalf of Brad Barron. Same thing was true in South Carolina against Lindsey Graham. Like Democrats set up this scenario this cycle in a bunch of different states, including against the president of the United States, where they were promoting a third-party candidate actively to try to siphon off conservative votes. And here's the thing. It worked. Yeah. It worked. That's the I thing mean, is, is like it's just dirt bag. I mean, first of all, let's get your thoughts about libertarians at large. <laughs> Cause I know you got some thought about that, but like they, they actually managed to make a difference here. The, the thing is, is that like, you know, voting libertarian is not a personality trait folks. You know, it's like right-wing virtue signaling. Like, okay, I get it. I get it. We were all in college at some time, but, you know, it's over. <laughs> it's time to grow up. Like, I can, okay, you know, you don't tread on me. I, I feel you, bro. I understand that completely. Your choice is, uh, you know, you can have a Republican or you can have communism. It's gotten very simple. It's pretty and simple. And, just and like you described, like, Dems know this and they're exploiting this. Like, libertarians do not get played they know what they're doing these dems like they're they're using you to try to get their agenda done and look at the states look at look at where it's worked it worked it worked just total scumbag move and and as we all know a libertarian is basically a republican without kids right (laughs) (laughs) perfect Perfect. People who are more concerned about people taking a look at their browser history than your average American. <laughs> like that's what the Patriot Act was for. It's just to make sure that these people aren't degenerates. Like, like, listen, libertarians, I promise, I promise, in any Republican majority, nobody's going to look at your porn habits. I promise. <laughs> We're not going to do it. Just vote Republican. Make sure our country's not taken over by a bunch of socialists. Do the right thing, for God's sake. Because that, I'm telling you, that's the choice now. Is it's either communism or Republican. Like, which side are you on? And I know, you know, as hard as it's for me to say, I know your heart's in the right place, libertarians. But listen, it, it's time to get with the program. Stop getting played by the Dems. Because like you said, they will fund these like third-party candidates to try to get just enough to win. And, and look how it's worked so far. If we yeah. like that, the, the 100 million plus that's going to get spent on David Perdue if we spent 10% of that to just knock these libertarian candidates, these like Pied Piper candidates that the Dems are propping up across the country to make sure that we can actually uh, win these key states, that would be money better spent. I mean, yet again, the Dems have, have outmaneuvered the libertarians and tricked them into voting for these candidates. Absolute sabotage. And again, it's not, it's not like 2016 when Jill Stein just happened to be on the ballot and people who hate Hillary Clinton are going the other side. These are, these are folks that were funded, right? Their, their efforts were funded by Democrats to get there. So anyway, that's enough about that. But, but it's something that we need to look at for 2022 and beyond to make sure that we don't have a Republican Party that's sitting there idly watching Democrats try to sabotage our votes from within. Thank you.
Thank you. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been a learning experience for all our, you know, libertarian friends. We love you, but you know, we just got to tell you the truth. That's what, that's what we do here at Ruthless. We're not going to look at your porn habits. I promise we're not going to look at that. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, So I guess that's a good way to end this episode. You know, that's a very positive message. Um, And like Josh message, like Josh mentioned, I'll be traveling overseas. We're still going to be, uh, making these episodes work as I hop across time zones and such. So you can expect this content to keep coming folks Tuesdays and Thursdays, keep it locked on ruthless. Um, and we got some exciting interviews coming up. I don't, I don't want to spoil them now. I'll, I'll let Josh, uh, intro those when they're in good time, but how about that? Good episode, right, Josh? Sounds good, man. I'm, I'm excited. I want you to make sure that you are safe. If you're abducted, <laughs> I have, no question the minions will come and get Yeah, you. please send the seals and the minions if uh, I get abducted. Like that's just essential. We, uh, we've got a copy of your uh, passport and uh, your itinerary. We'll keep And my both. dental records in case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, another show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Keep uh, telling your friends to leave those five-star reviews. Uh, we appreciate you so much. So until next episode. Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll catch you later.